0: Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast of our Sunday morning teaching. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Everybody say, the storm. storm. Everybody say, "This this storm won't stop me. You know, anytime you're about to take new territory, you look through the scriptures and you'll find out that many times when you begin to take new territory, the enemy will send a storm into your life. And into people's lives. Uh, an attack to stop you a lot of times, I think, before your boat lands, before it sometimes even try to get it before it gets launched. And uh, we're going to look tonight at Jesus was getting ready to cross some geographical boundaries. His whole ministry was about crossing boundaries. Listen, Jesus crossed boundaries that hadn't been crossed before. And anytime you begin to cross boundaries that haven't been crossed before, you're going to usually run into opposition. But realize that. Uh, The devil's just not after you, he's after that territory. He wants to stop you, but I want you to say with me tonight, this storm won't stop me. All right, now you've got to act like it's Sunday morning. Y'all act like y'all been working all day. One more time, say, this storm won't stop me. Thank you, Brother Paul, amen. And you know, in this story that we're reading, the the disciples' day started out calm. It started out, you know, hey, we're just going to get together and get in the boat and go to the other side. And anybody who is trying to operate in God's purpose, believing for a future marked by the favor of God, anybody, as I said, who is trying to take new territory is going to have to understand that there is going to be warfare involved. And the enemy will use people and whatever else he can use to try to stop the plan and the purpose of God. Once God declares that movement is about to happen in your life, usually that's when the enemy shows up to create winds and waves and rock your boat. The Bible says we we, we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but what? Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We don't have time to get into that. But here's what I'm saying. When you follow Jesus, you will face opposition. If you're looking at my notes, I'm not there yet. I'll get there in a minute. You will face opposition. That's because God has something unique for each and every one of us to do and the enemy doesn't like it. Tell your neighbor right now, the enemy doesn't like you. But then I want you to tell him, but I like you. Amen. Aren't you glad? The enemy is adversarial to the purpose and the plan of God. Now we all know that. The Bible says his plan is to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm just laying a foundation. The devil doesn't like you, and he wants to take you down. But I tell you what, in Jesus' name, he's not going to win this battle. Somebody amen. say amen. I want you to declare with me tonight, I am here, I'm here. In, this life in this life for a God-given purpose. God-given purpose. And God's purpose, God's purpose and God's plan God's will prevail in, in, my in, my in my life. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. You know, the enemy's not just fighting what you're doing. He is fighting who you're becoming. Glory be to God, but the devil is a liar. Somebody say amen. Amen. In Mark chapter 4, real quickly, let me tell you what happened. Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 5. We all know the story in Mark chapter 5. I won't take time to read all these scriptures tonight because I've got to cover this so quickly. But here's what we miss. We all know about the storm. We all know Jesus and the disciples are getting in the boat. And Jesus said, come on, let's go to the other side. But what we miss a lot of times, and I believe this is revelation that we need to understand if we're going to understand storms and how to handle them. And storms can take all kinds of forms. You can be facing a financial storm. You can be facing a relational storm. Family issues. You can be facing uh, 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 physical storms. They don't always take shape in the natural out there. Sometimes we can see them and we see the results of them, but... Uh, Jesus and the disciples are getting ready to go to the other side and Jesus is asleep and the storm breaks out and and we know that story. and We know what happened. But here's what we miss sometimes is what happened before it and right after it. Because if you look back, this, the storm is given to us in, 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 uh, in chapter four, but, but in the beginning of chapter four, you'll also find... Look back about verse 13 of chapter 4 of Mark. And Jesus begins to teach. And he's doing what Andrew just talked about. He is going to bring them revelation. Everybody say revelation. Here's what he said. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. I'm telling you, Jesus is getting ready to bring some powerful revelation about the Word of God. He said, the sower sows the Word. Keep going on the screens if you would. And these are the ones which by the wayside, when the Word is sown, when they hear Satan comes immediately, takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. What a coincidence That immediately after Jesus talks about the word being sown in people's hearts, talks about the enemy, his plans, that immediately after that, a storm arises. Wow. Can I preach it tonight? When they hear, this is the one by the wayside when the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness. They don't have any root though and so they endure only for a time. And afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Oh, verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some hundredfold. I want to know if there's any hundredfold believers in this house tonight by faith who will declare with me, glory to God, we are good ground. I tell you what, I am... I am proclaiming over you. It's true. I'm just, I believe it with all my heart. You are good ground. We are good ground. God is speaking into our hearts and life and we are good ground and we're going to see 30, 60 and bless God, maximum return a hundredfold. Well, I hope somebody else believes that. I know you do. So right after Jesus teaches that, says on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. I won't read the rest of it. He was asleep on the stern of the ship. In the stern of the ship, they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we're about to die And Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and spoke to the wind and said, Peace be still. And and the wind ceased. There was a great calm. And then He he goes on. Listen, when He says understand in in Mark chapter 4, that word understands means are you listening, are you hearing, and are you perceiving? It is talking about revelation. He wants to bring revelation to you on a level that you haven't experienced before. And so let me tell you some things about storms. First of all, revelation is often accompanied by storms and opposition. Jesus had just released, and you know, we could spend, how many weeks could we spend on the seed and the sower and the parable? I mean, how powerful, how deep, how, how awesome is this? Jesus had just released this powerful teaching about the seed and the Word of God. He released Revelation to those who wanted to hear it and just within a short period of time, hurricane-force winds break out. Man, that's because Revelation is often accompanied by storms and opposition in our life. Number two, the enemy's attacks are designed to steal the word. Trials come after your faith. Now let's talk about this real quickly for a moment. I'm trying to run through this so fast. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Let me ask you tonight, where did Jesus say you were going? What has he told you? What word and what promise has God given you in his life? Are y'all going to get with me tonight? Come on, help me. How many of you, God has told some things, spoken some things? Gary, has God spoken some things to you? Drew, has God spoken some things to you? Dr. Debbie, has God spoken some things to you? Uh, Al, I know he has. God has spoken some things to us. He told them, we are going to the other side. And there are some of you that God has, has spoken some things, what God has spoken to you. Let us go to the other side. I want you to know, and I am releasing this over you tonight. If God told you, get in this boat and we're going to the other side, in the mighty name of Jesus, the storm won't stop you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Bless God, I am stirred up. I said the storm won't stop you. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. And you know, he said something interesting that goes along with this. They got in the boat. He said... And he left the crowd behind. Amen. Can't everybody go where you're going? Everybody's not going the same place you're going. Everybody else is not going to be in that boat. They left the crowd behind, leaving the crowd behind. When you're going through a storm, you need to real be, be a, 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 well, how can I say it? You, not, not to be ugly. You can be gentle and loving, but not everybody is going to lock arms and go with you and go where you're going. Beware of anyone who is speaking in your ear outside of the word of God and the plan and the promises of God. Listen, bless God. You can say what you want to say. It's, It's Wednesday night. I can get out here and explore. You can say what you want to say. Believe what you want to believe. Keep on saying, but I'm telling you, I don't care how many people tell me or how long it takes. One day in this house, we're going to have a million dollar offering. And I tell you what, the devil's going to be sorry he wrecked church on Sunday because God, before it's over, will turn it around. And some of you, you've got a word that's just that real to you. You are believing God. God has spoken some things to you. You have seen it. My God, it's alive on the inside. And I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, I want to release over you tonight. You are going to the other side. My God, Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus, I am preaching. When I was getting this up, I thought I am preaching to myself. I got some mad this weekend. I tell you what: beware of anyone who is speaking in your ear outside of the Word of God and the plan and the promises of God. You don't necessarily have to rebuke everybody. Sometimes you just need to turn and walk away. You don't need to stir up any more dramas necessary. But I tell you this, when the storm hits, I'm going to tell you something else you need to do. Stay in the boat with Jesus. Amen. It is not time to abandon ship. Amen. Stay in the boat with Jesus. I want to be in the boat Jesus is in. You know what else? I want to be in the boat Paul's in. How I many of you were here when I preached a couple of weeks ago? I, I, told, I told somebody, I said, that's the last time. I'm not preaching on storms no more. Bless God. How. No, I, I tell you what, the devil's a liar. But I tell you what, we preached on Paul and Paul said, don't go, we're going to have a storm we're going to encounter out there. But I'm going to tell you what, they stayed in that boat with Paul and because they were in the boat with Jesus and because they were in the boat with Paul, they made it to the other side and none of them perished. You got to leave the crowd behind. Let me tell you, I want to be in a boat with Paul. I want to be in a boat with Jesus, but I don't want to be in a boat with Jonah. I'm telling you, man. Look, he and this dude's not following God. He's a, and he's a covenant guy. You know, there are, there are people that are believers. that are, I'm telling you, you start listening to them, you start getting in the boat with them, you'll get talked out of every promise God ever made you. Boy, that's good preaching, Brother Scott. Uh, Jonah was a covenant guy, but he wasn't in the will of God. Hallelujah. So they get in it and they say, don't you care, Jesus, that we're about to perish. And what happens is fear always comes to try to make you feel abandoned and to cancel out your faith. Remember what we're talking about. We're talking about why, what storms do, what's their purpose? What are they designed to do? And we're understanding that the enemy's attacks are designed to steal the word of God, to cause the trials to come after your faith. But I want you to know, and I declare over you tonight, in Jesus' name, you are good ground. I want you to say, I'm good ground. I'm good I want you to say, I'm good ground. I'm good My life, My life will, produce, will produce, let's say this, a hundredfold. I mean, if we're going to believe God, let's believe God big. Yes. Hallelujah. In Luke 22, listen, It was, it's just interesting. Jesus said to Peter, he said, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But watch how Jesus, you know, so many times we just pray for each other. But Jesus specifically prayed for Peter in a certain way. He said, watch this. But I have prayed for you, how? That your faith should not fail. Wow, when you return to me, you want to bless other people. Simon, Simon, I prayed for you that your faith would not falter. That you would have so much of the word on the inside of you that even when you go through it and you're tempted to say, Lord, don't you care? We're about to drown. That in spite of that, you will rise up and your faith will rise up and sustain you. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me tell you what faith is. One definition of faith is trust in God's character's Character whose way we may not understand at the time. If God said we're going to the other side, even though it looks bad, we are going to the other side. You can trust God even though you don't understand it every time. You know, I was thinking this week about Elijah. Man, I got to move along. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, an interesting story. Now, I'm going to tell you, Elijah is the man who can stand on the mountain. Stand. Challenge the prophets, the false prophets. Taunt the prophets. Call fire down. I mean, he is a man who can stand on the mountain and watch God work. But he's also a man that had to trust God when things came along that he didn't understand. For instance, in 1 Kings 17, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Now, Elijah, I want you to get away from here. Turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be there that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. Ooh, the love boat. I mean, it's just... (laughs) Man, I can imagine. This is awesome. God, I'm in your will. I'm kicked back. Things are good. I'm taken care of. I mean, you know, there's no battles. There's no drama. I'm, I'm out all out. I'm, just, I'm out here in the middle of all of this. But then what happened? He obeyed God. He was there at the word of God, obeying God. But it happened that after a while that the brook dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. I'm going to tell you what faith is. Faith is trusting God, that you have heard from God, you've obeyed God, and you're doing what God tells you to do even when the brook dries up, that God can make another way. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Wow. Wow. Faith is trusting when I'm in a season where the brook is drying up or whether I'm on the mountain calling down fire. Bless God. God's hand is on my life. God has made some promises to me. And if the brook dries up, bless God, he's got another plan for me. He's got some way that he's going to see me through. I wish somebody would help me shout tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are faithful. If I'm calling fire down on the mountain, you're faithful. But if I'm at the brook at your command, you are still the faithful God. Life is not just filled with mountaintops calling down the fire. It's being obedient to God, going to a brook at His word, and then the brook dries up. Number three, storms can kill, but storms can also carry. Storms carried Paul to Malta. You know why they carried him to Malta? Because in the midst of that, Paul rose up and said, I believe God, it's going to be just like God said. I want you to tell your neighbor right now, whatever God said to you, that's how it'll be. I believe it'll be just like God said. And here's the thing. Now help me, boy, I'm about to get down to it and we're going to wrap this up. But I'm going to get down to the nitty gritty. Paul didn't wait till the storm hit and he was in the middle of, the, of that storm and the boat was about to crash and sink to decide then to get spiritual. Yeah. Man, I wish I would have remembered that Sunday school verse. I should have paid more attention. Storms activate what has been built in our lives. Y'all still love me. You know, Jesus didn't freak out when the storm hit, and neither did Paul. And you know why? That's because you build your ark in the sunshine that will sustain you in the flood. I am filling my life. That's... Listen, we don't wait until the crisis hits to get in the Word of God. We don't wait until the crisis hits to fin- spend time praising God. We don't wait until everything is going to hell in a handbasket and chaos is everywhere. And then we're willing, where is God? Let me tell you, oh, when the sun is shining, bless God, we're driving our truck, our car. We're enjoying the presence of God. We're worshiping him. We're allowing his word to overflow in our lives so that when the storm hits, that's what's going to rise up on the inside of us. Somebody say amen. One way God favors you is the ability to prepare because when the storm comes, you have to live in what you built in the sunshine. What am I building today? Noah had to live in what he built when everybody was laughing at him. But boy, I tell you what, a little while into that, they weren't laughing at him anymore. They were beating on the door. Grace and favor will produce godly instinct in you and prepare you. And you know, God told Noah something interesting. Give me five minutes and we're done. God told Noah something very interesting. If you'll look in Genesis, you won't read this story. It won't take time to turn there. But in Genesis, I believe it's about chapter 9. And he said, Noah, he said, I want you to build an ark and I want you to pitch it within and without. So that the storm that is on the outside doesn't get on the inside. You've got to fill your house with the Word of God. You've got to pitch your house. Man, alive, that's good. Pitch your house. Seal our lives with the Word of God. Seal it with the Word of God. The Bible says, and here's something else that's interesting about storms we got palm trees around here. You know, very seldom ever will you see a palm tree get wiped out by, by wind, by a hurricane. It'll do some things, but you know what? The Bible says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. The storm might cause me to bend over, but bless God, it won't knock me down because I'm ready. I have pitched my house within and without with the Word of God. And it will sustain me. I've got grace and favor working on my behalf. I have built an ark. And even when the rain comes, bless God, God has already done a work on the inside of me. Here's what I'm saying. Build an ark that will hold you when your world, when the world around you is falling apart. Because what you build in the day of calm will keep you in the day of struggle. And that is the good, eternal, everlasting, nothing else like it, word of God. There are things, listen, some of you, you just don't even know how how much good there is in you. you got the Word of God. I'm telling you, you've been soaking up and soaking up and soaking up and soaking up, and the Word is living in you. And bless God, the next time something happens, before you even know it, just out of instinct, you know what's going to come up out of of you? The Word of God. Amen. Man. Hallelujah. All right, y'all about ready to wrap this up and let's go to the house. Hallelujah. The same storm that killed others carried Noah. Amen. Because of the preparation that he had done in obedience to the Word of God. Wow. Oh, man. Let that Word fill your life. Let it, let, it, let it take control of every part of your life. Noah had a promise from God, just like Paul, just like Jesus, just like the disciples. And listen to this, just like you do. How many of you have some promises from God? Wave at me. Say, I've got some promises from God. Boy, I'm telling you, man, this is awesome. When you're good ground, even the storms will carry you. To God's provision. Paul ended up on Malta. And they treated him like kings. Brother Paul. Took good care of them. Ministered to them. And when they left there. They left there more prosperous than before they came. Boy that's good preaching right there. So what do you do during a storm? I, I like to be very practical. I like to, I like to, to leave you with a, a couple of practical things here. Let me go back here and. And get some of these. First of all, let me tell you something I've learned about, and, and you need to do this all the time, but especially if you are experiencing attacks. pray in the spirit. Yes, 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 yes. Some of you charismatics have forsaken praying in the spirit. Right, on, you just gotten too cultured. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, just a few weeks ago. I came home, I told Susan, I said, boy, God showed me something about praying in the Spirit. He said, son, when you pray in the Spirit, it is like praying with a laser focus. He said, it is like a laser beam. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you pray absolutely according to the will of God. And I could see it. I saw it in the Spirit. He said, not only that... He said, there's two things I want to tell you, son, about when you're in a storm and when you're, when you're dealing with things. He said, those are the times you ought to pray in the Spirit more than ever. Yes. Because it's laser focused. But he said, not only that, that's how you build your faith up. Yes. Yes. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Yes. Yes. Church, we've got to stir that up in our hearts and in our lives. So much of the time when we're in a storm, all we talk about is a storm. I just got to tell you, over this past weekend, over the past week, I finally, I just got tired of listening to Weather Channel. I said, good grief, enough of this mess. Talking about the storm and talking about the storm. And I'm not saying we ought to be ignorant, but what I'm saying is pray in the spirit so that you're praying according to the will of God with laser focus. And not only that, your faith will rise. Ooh, that's good preaching. That will keep your ears and eyes tuned to him and to what he was saying. But not only that, you got to do, you know, Peter walked on the water, but the thing we've, 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 we realize is that he fell and he faltered when he took his eyes off of Jesus. And I tell you, those are not the times. I had some other things I wanted to share with you. You know, we have to refuse fear, opposition will come but we cannot be consumed by fear because it weakens us, it renders us helpless, and it allows the enemy to control us. Not only that, but in the midst of it, don't accuse God of forsaking us. That's a tendency. And I'll be honest with you, there have been times in my life when I felt like crying out and saying, God, don't you care? Oh, y'all are quiet. I know none of y'all have ever gone through anything like that. But for those of us that have, don't accuse God of forsaking us. And I'll tell you why. If we grow angry and distrustful toward God, we cut ourselves off off from our only source of help. And here's the thing we've got to remember. God is not the problem. He's the solution. Whatever your problem is, God is not the problem. He's the solution. Can I get an amen? Thirdly, recogniz, well, fourth or fifty, fifty, sixthly, something like that. Nine, ten, forty, seven. 47,. Hut, hut. Recognize the spiritual source behind the opposition. Now every problem isn't caused by the devil. Some of them we cause by ourselves. I mean, he don't he don't even have to help us on some of We can mess things up ourselves so bad sometimes. But I got news for you. Even if it is us, God still got grace for that. God still got promises for that. God still got deliverance for that. But definitely, some, some are definitely are. We have to learn to discern and recognize the schemes of the devil. For instance, when you see things happen like this, and suddenly I realized here's three hurricanes we've had this year, and every one of them happened on a, in a, a geographical location where churches were disrupted totally, completely. is there a pattern to this opposition in other words every time i this happens another is the timing suspicious as soon as i start and then you ask yourself does it prevent me from obeying my assignment from the lord is it hindering me so what do you do i tell you what you do you address the strong man Confidently using the authority that God has given us through Christ. And we all stand on that promise out of Matthew 28. All authority has been given to us in heaven and on earth. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Bottom line is this. It may be like Paul, there might, he might experience some delays, some storms might come against you, and the time frame may not be what you thought it was going to be, but bless God, I've got news for you, and I am making a declaration for you and your house and this house, this storm won't stop me. I want you to declare with me tonight, this storm won't stop me. Tell your neighbor, that storm won't stop you. I'm telling you, that financial storm is not going to stop you. That attack against your family is not going to stop you. That attack against your job is not going to stop you. That attack against uh, your health is not going to stop you. That attack against your marriage is not going to stop you. I'm telling you, our God is a redeeming God. He is a God who can bring absolutely a turnaround out of everything the devil has tried to mess up. God can make it better than it ever was before. That business, that that attack against your business is not going to win. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you, if you're walking through some hard times and you're in the middle of that, you pray in the Spirit like you never have before. You spend time praying in the Spirit and you watch as that laser focus. And here's what else the Lord showed me about that and we're going to quit. He said, when... You pray in the Spirit. Not only are you praying with laser focus for those schemes or whatever it is that are coming against you, you are releasing my solutions for that. He said, but as you're praying, I will bring you revelation and understanding that you have not had before. See, a lot of times we struggle because we start thinking God's left us, God's forsaken us, nobody cares about us, we're, you know, nobody has it as hard as we do, nobody's going through anything as hard as I am, No, you know, we feel like we're all isolated and all alone, but when you pray in the Spirit, the Spirit of God will begin to give you revelation and understanding from God's perspective. See, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you have to be careful. That's why you can't get in a boat with everybody because, man, they'll have you believing, man, this is what, you know, God's putting this on you. and. And you just, you know, I'm telling you, God is for you. God loves you. And God speaks in the language of solutions. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not always fleshly solutions. They're spiritual. They have they have ways of manifesting themselves that we don't understand. And what I've got to do is I've got to get off of this fleshly level. And I've got to get up here on God's level so I can see it from His perspective. And when I pray in the Spirit, I am seeing it from His perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I like that. And I'm telling you, so here's what I decided to do. When I feel those storms rising up and that worry starting to come up, you know, and that fear, you're going to sink, man. you going down, man. Look at them waves, man. Look at all that. You know what? I just, I just start going... And I begin to aim at that thing. I begin to aim at it. I'm vicious. I'm aiming at that thing with a nuclear arsenal of the spirit. How many of you think? I hadn't intended to get into all this, but it's so fresh over these last few weeks. I told Susan, I said, I'm going to have to teach this sometime. I said, but I don't even know how to articulate it. But I'm getting it out. How many of you think that the Holy Spirit is smarter than you? Yeah. Woo, baby, bingo! I was like, duh. Because what God said? He said, "The Holy Spirit." He said, "Son, the Holy Spirit's smarter than you. He can pray solutions you haven't even thought of. He can target that thing, and then the next thing you know, you aren't thinking about the waves." By the way, Jesus concentrated on, on the solution. He didn't speak to the waves. He spoke to the wind. Yeah. A lot of times we're dealing with, we, we're thinking about all him symptoms and his symptoms and all of this. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can... And in my spirit, I saw a laser beam. And it was a laser beam of the Spirit of God praying solutions that I haven't even thought of. The Holy Spirit knows how to pray. The Bible says he makes groanings for us which cannot be uttered. Somebody say that's good teaching, Brother Scott. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.